So this this invitation into living life in a way that brings us fully alive and enables us to be fully human because we're following the one who made us. It is not about trying to impress him or earn anything from God because we're already his. As soon as we've said yes to him, we're his. Warts and all, he loves us. We don't have to earn anything. What this is about is this, that whole thing of uh, we become like those we hang out with, don't we? And so it's prioritizing who are we hanging out with? We want to hang out with the one that we love, who loves us more than life itself. And so as we hang out with Jesus, the expectation is is that we're going to continue to grow as disciples, that we are not going to be the same, that we're going to be transformed, but not out of some sense of sort of striving and straining and trying to kind of satisfy a whole lot of external rules. So can we be really clear that that's what it's not? Okay? Just if that's kind of part of your thinking, just, you know, shake it off. Shake it off, baby. Shake it off. Bit of Taylor. First thing in the morning. So... It's not that, it is about developing this relationship with Jesus and expecting that we're going to change on the way. Because you see, disciples learn from Jesus about how to be like Jesus. You can write that one down if you like. We learn from Jesus how to be like Jesus. And the awesome thing is, is that he's the one that enables us to do that. We don't have to try and do this on our own. One of the things when we have our newcomers' lunches is that we uh, say to people that if, if you believe that God's inviting you to be part of Coast Vineyard, that one of the things that you're going to say yes to is to say yes to growing. Growing as disciples. That means that all of our lives are up for grabs. That the way we do our relationships, the way we handle our money, the way that we forgive, the way that we handle ourselves at work, all of those things are going to change in the course of following him. All right. Good? Yes, I know. I'm kind of preaching to the converted, but it's good just to remind ourselves. So look, there's honestly, there's so much stuff that we could talk about when it comes to discipleship. We could be here all day, but I'm tagging with my husband and I'm aware that I am on a time budget. So I'm going to, you know, restrain myself. And we're going to just look at John 15 as a place to start. And can I encourage you that uh, even as you go away today, because we're not going to have loads of time to unpack this, use this maybe as a starting point in some of your time with God this week. Just read John chapter 15 verses 1 to 17 and just reflect on it in terms of checking in. Where am I at? So why don't we read that together? So uh, it's often titled The Vine and the Branches. So this is Jesus speaking. I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You're already pruned back by the message that I've spoken. So live in me. Make your home in me. Just do, just as I do in you, and in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. And this is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, 
when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way that my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. And that's what I've done. Kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. Then this is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. And you're my friends when you do the things that I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit and fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. Why don't we just pray? So Lord, I pray that you would be with us, that you would inhabit these words that we've just read together. Lord, this is your word to us. So Lord, would you capture our hearts with the things that you want to speak to each one of us about? Lord, direct our thoughts. Breathe on our imagination, Lord. Capture us with a vision of who it is that you see each one of us to be and what it is that you're doing in us and through us. We ask, God, that you'd continue to be with us this morning. Bless us with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So if we have a wee look at what we've just read, there's a few things, there's a few keys that we can sort of check in on and use to help us to figure out this whole thing of being a disciple. So what are some of the keys that we notice? First of all, Jesus is pretty clear. Stay connected to Jesus. He is the vine. We're the branches. We're the bits that if we snap off, if we disconnect, we'll shrivel up and die. You know, with the storm that we've had, you know, you're driving along the roads and there's all these bits of dead branches that have kind of blown off. And uh, we've got a particularly large one on our road just down from where we live. And over the last few days, it's only been a few days since it blew off, and uh, it's already starting to die because it's not connected to its source of life. It's the same for us. So there are loads of tools available. You can just Google, you know, connecting with God or discipleship practices or spiritual disciplines. There is so much stuff that you can actually go and research yourself. So I'm not going to spend loads of time on that this morning. But, but whatever it is that you do, just make it a priority. Just do everything that we can, each one of us, in whatever season of life we're in, whatever personality type we're in, whatever, you know, kind of works for us in this particular stage of life, do that. Whatever it takes, just determine in your hearts that this is an important priority in my life, so I'm going to stay connected as best I know how to Jesus all the time in everything that's happening. And, uh, and the whole thing with discipleship, it's, kind of, it's not so much about just what you know. So reading scripture is really important because it helps us to know him. But just knowing stuff isn't enough in terms of being a disciple. It's a bit like for those of us who have got kids, you know, when they're little and cute and they think you're marvelous. And, uh, and they sort of just try and do what you do, don't they? 
you know, I've got three girls. And so it used to be that they'd go and raid, you know, my big shoes. And, you know, they'd try and do stuff. You know, if I'd been putting my lipstick on, they'd be trying to do that. I've seen little boys come out with their face covered in shaving foam. And thankfully, they hadn't found the razor, you know. But they're just trying to be like the one that they're looking up to, aren't they? The, the biggest influence in their life at that point is mum and dad. And so they're just trying to be like that. And they practice that. Well, that's the same for us in terms of discipleship. We imitate Christ. We imitate Jesus. If you want to figure out what a great disciple looks like, look at him. And then figure out how did he spend his time? What did he do with his life? How did he relate with people? And then let's start practicing that. And we're not going to get it right all the time, and that's totally fine. Because we're in process. There's room for that. You know, when our kids are learning how to do stuff, we don't, like, absolutely slam them when they haven't figured it out the first time they've ever done a thing. Because we know it takes practice. They've got to just do a thing over and over again. Same for us. So we've got to extend lots of grace to ourselves because Jesus does. So uh, in Ephesians verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, you know, Paul encourages us, therefore be imitators of Christ, of God, as beloved children. And that's who we are. So we just have to be good at imitating. So stay connected to Jesus. Expect fruitfulness. As disciples, we should be fruitful. So we should be seeing things like the fruit of the Spirit being increasingly normal for us. Peace, patience, kindness. All of those things should start to be developing in us and growing in us over the years. Uh, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. You know, we all get to pray for people. We all get to learn how to worship. We all get to participate in this. It's one of the things that we fell in love with when we came into the vineyard is that everyone gets to be in on this stuff, not just a few people. So all of those things should be growing and changing. Fruitfulness is normal. If you think about it, when we see trees again, back to the horticultural, uh, is that anything that's thriving and growing well is fruitful, isn't it? Just is. Just sort of, it's normal. So that would be looking at what Jesus is saying. He expects us to be fruitful. And finally, love. Love well. Learn how to love well. If we're the one that is learning how to make ourselves at home in God's love, as Jesus would say it, as we settle into that, as we lean into that, as we learn how to abandon ourselves to that, we will learn how to love well. That's what sets us apart as people who follow Jesus. So those are the sorts of things that you can sort of use as like a temperature gauge in yourself, just every now and then. It's a bit like doing your warrant of fitness on the car, except do it more often than once a year. Just do it, you know, every quarter or something. Stick a reminder in your phone or something like that. How am I doing in learning how to follow Jesus? How, how am I doing in this journey of discipleship? Am I seeing fruitfulness? Am I seeing that I love well? that I'm quick to forgive, that I don't hold grudges. Now, all of those things, all of that's going to change. So great questions to ask ourselves, each one of us. Am I connected to Jesus? And if we're not, because there are going to be seasons when it's harder to do that than others. So don't beat yourself up if you feel like, you know what, God feels like a million miles away and I do not know how to find him. That is when we lean into one another to gain strength, to give strength to one another and to encourage one another. But realize that as a follower of Jesus, there are seasons when we don't always feel like he's like this close. There are times when we do and it's amazing, but there are times when it feels a little harder. But we can actually get through that 
especially if we help one another. So am I connected to Jesus? Am I fruitful? Am I seeing my character change? Am I seeing the fruit of the Spirit? And am I growing in love? There's your three questions. I'll just finish with this. Richard Foster, who wrote, he's written a number of different books on this whole thing of spiritual formation and following Jesus, says this. Why, you might ask, he's actually talking about this book. It's called The Imitation of Christ. It's written by Thomas Akempis. It's a good read. Not so easy necessarily because it's not in the English we would tend to use, but it's still a brilliant book and it's been around for hundreds of years and has been really helpful to a lot of people. So Richard Foster is actually talking about this book. Why, you might ask, has this tradition, the imitation of Christ, had such an extensive and profound effect? Well, first of all, because it understands Jesus is a living teacher, showing us daily how to live our lives as he would live our lives if he were us. Then second, because it focuses not on any particular set of external actions, but on how we become a particular kind of person. Namely, a person who will do naturally the kinds of things that Jesus would do. And third, because it ushers us into this living interaction with the living Christ who comes alongside of us, empowering us to be the right kind of people doing the right kind of things in the midst of everyday life. Paul writes, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. And herein lies the great challenge for us to be such imitators of Christ that people can look at us and understand how Jesus would think, live, and act in the context of modern society. To do this takes the fullest of formation into Christ-likeness, and such a mature formation is, by its very nature, will involve work akin to the labor pains of childbirth. This is not a timid thing, but man, is it worthwhile. Our lives are changed. We find purpose. We find meaning. We find love. We find identity. We find security. And we get to change the world while we're doing it with him. I'm going to finish just a couple of resources for you that if you want to go and unpack this a bit more, read a bit more. First of all, your Bible is really good. Lots of good stuff there. can highly recommend it. I found it to be very helpful over the years. But some other ones as well is The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. Uh, another one called Following Jesus by N.T. Wright. He is a contemporary theologian. Brilliant. So good. Uh, and then finally, 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. So if you're wanting to sort of check, check in on a regular basis, these can be really helpful. I'm going to hand over to Matt. I'm only a little bit late. Uh, and uh, one of those areas that we can grow in is learning how to pray for one another. So he's going to unpack that a little this morning. All right. How's everyone doing? Yeah. All right. I've just been thinking just with time because um, we might do a little bit this week and a little bit next week around this whole thing of learning to, to pray for people. One of the things that Jesus, we see that Jesus did as he um, traveled, as he, as he fulfilled his mission, there was really just three years when he was... Um, doing what he did, and uh, was that he just prayed for a lot of people, and a lot of amazing things happened. And uh, a lot of us have perhaps heard those kind of stories, and have uh, and have heard stories of people today who would pray for people and see amazing things happen, and thought like, how does how does that all work? Um, and uh, one of the things that um, 
John Wimber, who was the founder of the vineyard. Um, it's a good photo. Um, one of the things that John Wimber did is that he, God, God used him incredibly with the whole thing of seeing God's power come and touch people with, uh, as, as he would pray for them, like incredible things. And, um, and what you don't often hear about is his story of how he journeyed into that. And he prayed for hundreds of people for healing. He felt like God had spoken to him to pray for people to be, for healing. He, he just prayed for hundreds of people before he saw anyone get healed. And uh, so you learn a lot when you, uh, when you pray for hundreds of people and don't see them get, uh, get healed. And, uh, but then people did start to get healed. And, and, and they started to get healed in incredible ways. And one of the things that he thought about was like, I wonder if there's a way that we can help people, like just like a model that we can help people just to kind of get started. Like um, just, just to sort of get them going. Because so many people, when they think of something like that, like anything, with they've never done it before, it just seems really, really hard. How many people here play the guitar? There's a few. And, um, and a number of you may have, that don't play the guitar, may have tried to play the guitar. And, when you, and you, even those that can play the guitar, when you first played it, you have to almost grab your fingers and put them, each one, where you want it to go on the strings. It's like that. And, um, but as you do things more and more, it becomes, you know, it becomes second nature and natural. And it's the same with so many things in life. And John Wimber, in his, in his I guess, his genius, he, he realized, like, I wonder if there's something that we can do that can just provide a, a start for people so that they can have some confidence in this whole thing of, of praying for each other. And I know for some of you and many of you, that's something that you do and you find it um, very easy. Uh, and, uh, but John Wimber would talk about this a lot like, um, it's a lot like starting to ride a, a bicycle. And uh, you know that, it's going to be good once you get the hang of it. But when you're, you know, when you're a parent or, and you're starting off, you, you put your kids on this bicycle and you're kind of, as a parent, you're sort of running alongside them because they're wobbling. And uh, I remember once with, uh, with Kate, when my daughter, my youngest daughter, um, she got going faster than I could run alongside her. And uh, you know how dads are supposed to be there when they crash? I, <laughs> I wasn't. It was bad. <laughs> she didn't ride a bike for years after that. Um, but I shouldn't be laughing. No, I'm not laughing. It's not funny at all. It's not. It's very... Um, I, I don't know where that came from. Um, so, but look, for this... What I want to do, though, because I know that we've been hearing from a number of people, so we really want to, to do this and, and to learn how to do this and to grow in this. And so because of time this morning, I'm just going to introduce a couple of things this morning. And then I think what we'll do next week... I'll go first next week. Yeah, Um, and we'll do a little bit more of, and actually get some. We'll actually take you through some things, and actually pray for some people. We'll get some, get some volunteers. If you've got any sick friends, bring them along next week. Um, Or if um, if we haven't, um, maybe some of you maybe could like sprain an ankle. Or um, I don't really mean that. Um, Just come along. We'll sprain it for you. How's that? No, look, um, because it's, it's incredible how like, even if we're going to get some people, and we'll just talk you through, this is what we do. And if that's something that you'd love to like, learn and, and, and grow in, come along. And, um, and we'll, we'll pray. And we'll, we'll have people up and we'll talk you through what's happening. 
And um, my guess is, is that it's going to be very, very helpful for a lot of you. Even those of you that are sort of on this journey, you're sort of on the journey of riding your bike and you're a little bit wobbly, but you know that you know, the thing with riding a bike is that once you get past the wobbles, it's super fun. And uh, I'll, tell you, um, I'll tell you some stories and, you know, just of my wobbles starting off on this thing. And, um, but I'll also tell you some stories of just seeing some incredible, miraculous things happen. Like, like physical healings, just miraculous things. Just seeing, you know, seeing demons being cast out of people. Just a lot of, lot of things that are just like, wow, but like amazing. You know, seeing people move from pain to no pain, from injury to health, from um, being held captive by you know, evil spirits to being set free. So, so what do you think? You, uh, you know, some of you be up for like joining me on this sort of journey and coming along. And um, we've got this book here that uh, we've got a few of these in the office. It's called the Five Step Prayer Model, and this is this thing that John Wimber uh, developed. And I'm just going to talk you through it, like in you know, very very quickly this morning. And um, and then we're going to do a little bit of praying. Uh, we'll just sort of see how it goes. But we're going to do a bit more of this next week as well. So if I'm just kind of getting your attention, getting you interested, then make sure you come back uh, next week. So oh yeah, So with this book here, if any, any of you would like one of these booklets, maybe just fill out that tear-off part of the news sheet and pop it in the letterbox, and we'll mail one out to you um, this week. Um, so it's very, 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 very helpful. So... Um, there's five things that John Wimber just says, like, this is quite helpful just when you're praying for people. The first thing that he talks about is the interview. And it's just like, if you're going to pray for someone, say that you're someone came up the front here from church or the person next to you said, like, oh, could you pray for me? And you're just like, hey, I don't know what to do. It's just start off with this, this thing called the interview. And it's just like, you may, you know, if, if you came up the front, you may, not, you may be praying for someone you don't know. It's nice to say hi, introduce yourself. It's not going to get in the way of what God's wanting to do just by actually talking to them and being, um, being friendly. And, uh, but it's just, and so then in the interview, you're asking questions like, um, you know, how can I pray for you? A great question that Jesus asked, you see this a couple of times in the Gospels, a great question that Jesus asked was, what do you want God to do for you? Yeah, write that one down. Yeah, what do you want God to do for you? Um, or if it's for, for healing, like where does it hurt? And just um, sometimes people have got like big long medical histories and the more they tell you about them, you feel your faith just draining out of you and you're just thinking, why did I come and pray for this person? So you don't want to go, you don't have to, you don't have to get into it too much. But, um, but sometimes it's helpful too if they're like an injury or whatever. It's just like, so what can you do? If you've got a shoulder problem, you're like, you know, I can lift it this far. Because then if, once you've prayed for them, you can see if they can lift it a bit further. Or... It's like, so they're in pain. It's just like, tell me, like, what is it like on a one to ten? What is it? And then you pray for them, and, you know, and they go, wow. And you'll, you'll see it's gone from a seven to a four. And you go, like, whoa, let's keep praying. We'll see if we can get that number down. So it's like an interview. And then the second thing is a diagnosis. And I know it's a big sort of funny word, but it's just more just thinking, like, so what's actually going on here? And this is where you want to be trying to be, like, trying to be hearing from God as to what's happening there. Sometimes people will come with a physical um, issue 
and uh, but the root of that is actually tied in with perhaps some unforgiveness, some bitterness that they're holding. I mean, the medical profession will tell you this. They'll tell you that, that those kind of things um, have, an, have an impact on your health when, you, um, when you've got like heart stuff, like soul stuff um, has, an, has an impact on your, um, on your, your physical health. You know, it's, um, so, um, so then you, so you, you're thinking, like, okay, so what's going on? I mean, if someone's got a sprained ankle, it's like, okay, they've got a sprained ankle. You know, we'll just pray for the sprained ankle. But sometimes it's something else going on. Third thing is prayer selection. You've actually got to decide what to pray. Most of the time, it's just you're going to just be praying for the, the thing that um, they're wanting you know, healed or they're wanting uh, God to do for them. But uh, every now and then you see with Jesus, you know, people came to him with a, a physical ailment and he actually, sometimes he, he uh, prayed a prayer of command and he just said, uh, be healed to the, to the condition. Or like, you know, and sometimes he would rebuke an evil spirit when it looked like it was a, it was a health thing, but he actually discerned that it was, a, it was something, something different. Um, for those of you that, um, you know, pray in tongues, pray in the spirit, then that's something that can be helpful to do as well as you're trying to sort of work out um, how to move forward. So it's prayer selection. You're thinking like, when are we actually going to get to pray? Okay, so then we get to pray. Actually start praying. Number four is prayer engagement. And, um, and it's, um, there's, it talks a lot in the scriptures about um, people laying hands on people. So it may be something that you could ask someone, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? If it is a sprained ankle, you know, maybe you want to put your hand on their ankle. I don't know how, what is going on with that whole, whole dynamic, but it is a very real dynamic where there's something about the laying on of hands that, uh, that has a, uh, makes a difference. Um, now, when you're, uh, when you're praying, one of the, there's a couple of prayers that um, if I'm not sure what to do that I, I always pray, and one is, come Holy Spirit. And you think, like, well, doesn't the Holy Spirit well within us isn't the holy spirit already here yes but there is also a dynamic when you read in the scriptures and you look at you know this is like living like jesus looking what jesus did where he would he would be praying and something over and above would happen and it's just that power of the holy spirit coming into the situation and um and so it's just a it's just a great start especially if you're not sure what to do or what to pray which happens to me a lot um, I love just starting with just, you know, just come Holy Spirit. Now, here's, here's a couple of things that you may not be familiar with and that I'd encourage you to do, is that when you're praying is to keep your eyes open. Because when you invite the Holy Spirit to come, very often there is a, uh, a dynamic that happens where the Spirit of God interacts with our physical bodies and there's like, kind of like a, has a, there's a, like a physiological reaction. And, and if you haven't got your eyes open, you can't see it. And what do I mean by that? Well, sometimes, sometimes you'll be praying for somebody and, and people's eyelids just start, like, bouncing up and down. Like, just try and do that. Just try and do that right now and see how you can't, you can't, can't really kind of do it. But you just watch people and go, oh, their eyelids are flat. I don't know why that happens, but it's just something there. We, sometimes you see people and it's just like a, like a peace comes over them. And it's just, and sometimes, um, sometimes people lose the ability to stand. I did hear a story of someone that was praying for someone once up the front. They had their hand on this guy's head, praying away with their eyes shut, and then someone came up and gave them a nudge in the shoulder and says, what, 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 he looked, and he had a toupee stuck to his hand, and the guy was out on the floor, gone, like, you know. So, so it's good to have your eyes open. Just, 
just things, sometimes people just start like, like trembling a little bit. Sometimes people will start crying. And, and like, you know, it's just, some, just something that God's doing. If you see someone crying, you go like, something's going on, you know? And it's, it's, just, it's just helpful to keep your eyes open. Try and see what's, um, what's happening. And it's encouraging too. When you see those kind of things, saying like, oh, God's really doing something. There's something going on here. And if you don't see anything, one of the things that is very okay to do when you're praying for people is to say, um, what's happening? Is anything happening? Are you, are you experiencing anything? And like, sometimes it looks like nothing's happening, and you talk to them, and they go, oh, man, I feel like I'm on fire. I'm just like, what's happening here? It's just, you know, and uh, you would never know from looking at them. And um, it's just that. Um, and then it's encouraging when you see that because you think, like, God's doing something. It doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be a physiological response for God to be doing something. But when, when you see that, it's, it's encouraging. It encourages you to pray some more. And the whole time you're doing this, and forgive me if this is something that is unfamiliar to you and using this kind of language, but the whole time is that you're trying to hear from the Holy Spirit. You're trying to, you're trying to hear. And I know different ones of us are in different places when it comes to this whole thing of hearing from God. Okay? It's, um, but you're just trying to, you know, trying to, in the midst of praying for someone, just is trying to tune in if God's dropping something into your head or your heart that may be helpful as you pray. And maybe you may get a word of knowledge or get some kind of revelation or um, it may be that um, God reveals to you that you know, perhaps something that ha- has happened in their life that's, that's related to this or that they're doing something that is preventing their relationship with God. And, and uh, um, so engaging in prayer. And then, and then at some point it's, um, you stop praying and it's nice to give them um, what we call sort of post-prayer directions. You know, Jesus at one point, you know, with the, um, the woman caught in, a, in adultery, um, huge amounts of grace and mercy and forgiveness. But then after, afterwards, he said to her, go and sin no more. Just, just there's just some, like, here's, here's something you need to do now. Just, you know, and sometimes it's a, you may be having, uh, there may be someone you're praying for and it may, you may feel a scripture that would be encouraging to them or you may, it may be go and sin no more. It may be... Um, um, if they feel like I'm healed, I'm healed, and it's like a condition that they take medication for, you encourage them to go and see their doctors and get it confirmed. You don't want to just um, get them off their medication just because they're um, feeling like they're healed. Um, yeah, it may be that something happened a little bit, and uh, the encouragement is like, hey, you know, when we at your home group or your life group or back at church next Sunday, come and get some more prayer. Come back and get some more prayer, and we'll see if we can move this thing on. And like. If you're ever in a place where you've got prayer on a Sunday and you feel like it kind of a little bit happened, but, you know, not a lot happened, but uh, always, always uh, you can come back and get more prayer. You know, it's uh, most of the miraculous things I've seen have actually happened um, over a number of times praying for people, not just that bang, one-off miraculous thing. They're the exciting ones. They're the very dramatic ones. Um, but um, but so please hear that. So, uh, and, and again, if you... If you have a, you know, if you grab one of these and have a read through of it, one of the, the key things that you'll see over and over again is this whole thing is, is really dependent on the Holy Spirit. It's really just dependent on the Holy Spirit. You don't, you can't think like I remember what I did last week. I said this prayer. I stood this way. I sort of had my tongue like this, and and the person got healed. I better do that again this week. It's it's all about just dependence on the Holy Spirit, trying as best we know how to pray for people in line with what we feel God's leading us um, week by week. So. All right, why don't we stand together?
Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take about five minutes, okay, just in case you're thinking like we're going to go for ages, okay? Um, we'll go for five minutes, and then we'll close the service. And uh, why don't you come on in, kids? Just come on in. Hello. Welcome. You can make noise. It's not a library. <laughs> yeah. Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be very quick, and, and uh, it, well, it, may, it may be quick. You may take as long as you like with it, but we're going to do a bit more of this next week. If this is something that's just kind of grabbing a hold of you and thinking like, wow, you know, I, I would love to be able to pray for people and see miraculous things happen. Um, come back next week, and we'll unpack this a bit more. But, as, but for today, what I'd like to do, even with this whole thing what Jacinda was talking about, um, about living like Jesus, was that your words? Living like Jesus. And you think, like, I actually want that. What I'd, lo- what I'd like to do is to have those of you that would like someone to pray for you with regards to that, to put your hand up, and we're just going to ask people that are near you to come around and pray for you, okay? So this could be really messy or it could go really well. We'll just give it a crack. Um, but even just um, with some of the things I've said there, if you're not sure what to pray... Just, just when you pray for them, and you just ask them if it's okay if I put my hand on your shoulder, and just invite the Holy Spirit to come, and then keep your eyes open, and then see what happens. And then, you know, maybe just wait a, a little bit, and then, um, you know, pray whatever you feel God drops in your head and in your heart for them. And, um, and then when you're done, you're done. Coffee time. Okay, so sound all right? So... Is there anyone that would like prayer for that whole, like people to gather around them, would like prayer for that whole thing of like, I want to live more like Jesus. I want to have people gather around me today and pray for me and see something of the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit flow into me so I can do this thing. There's a few hands up. Any more? There must be more of you here. I know you're just, you're shy, you're shy Kiwis. Have we got any, uh, have we got any Italians here? They're not shy. <laughs> anyone else? We'd like some people to gather around you, them. Okay, can we just have those hands up again, and we'll just gather some. There's one down the back. There's one over here. Mike, Jackie at the front. Anyone else? Is there one down here? Sorry, that's a, that's not high enough. <laughs> All right, so if you've seen those people, gather around them. I know that I was expecting there to be more, um, but that's fine. So because there's going to be more people not praying than praying, I'm going to pray and dismiss you and then just come around those people and just pray, okay? So you remember where they are, okay? And if you're wanting to, let me just tell you something else too. If you want to learn a bit more about how to pray for people, why don't you just come sort of a bit near, just sort of loiter around those people that are, that are being prayed for, just kind of, and just sort of listen out for like what people are praying, and if you hear a good one, just go, I'll remember that, that's a good one, okay? All right, let me pray for you. Father, we just are so grateful that, uh, that you sent your son Jesus. We've, we've remembered how his death and, and resurrection has means life for us, how we can come and, and we can ask for forgiveness for our sins and we can feel you, know your mercy and know you're truly the freedom from guilt and shame. God, we thank you for that. And we thank you too, uh, Jesus, that you came and that you walked on this planet, God. You, you lived as a man. 
so that you could identify with the challenges that we have. And we, we thank you that you have shown us what it means to live God's ways. And we pray that for every one of us, God, we, I pray that you would re- release more of the power of the Holy Spirit, power to be able to walk and live in, in the fullness that you have made us for. So God, I pray your blessing on each person here today, God, genuine, real blessing, that they would, they would know the goodness of heaven, God, in their heads, in their hearts, in their lives in this coming week. In Jesus' name. Amen.